we're not taking agency over our lives to say no. Mm-hmm. And we can. And listen, in today's economy, if you think, no, I can't, guess what? There's another job waiting for you. There are millions and millions of jobs available, right? We actually can say no if we you yeah. know, have the guts to do it. And the, the act of no, here's the thing I learned about myself is take corporate America out of it, take work out of it. When I say no, there's something inside of me that I'm saying no to. Mm. And so when I'm saying no to taking on something or, or doing more or being busy or being more available, there's a part of my heart I'm saying no to in order to say yes to something better. Hey friends, welcome to Free and Light, a podcast designed to help you experience the life Jesus offers. Hey, I'm your host, Tim Shelton, and I'm joined by my best friends, Josh, Kelly, and Bill, and we are excited you're here. So pull up a chair and join us in the conversation about what it takes to live free and light. Kelly, Bill, Josh, here we are, episode five, and we're going to talk about how in the world do we slow down? Who wants to slow down? When you can go fast. <laughs> I feel like that's a personal attack. <laughs> I was just quoting like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may have said that a few thousand times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, last episode, we talked about this idea of hurry and anxiety and the impact of technology on our brains. And just kind of like one of the things you said, Bill, was that America has this low hum of anxiety just generally speaking. And we're going to maybe unpack that even just a little bit more, but man, what a good episode. And we introduced this phrase, be still, and what it looks like to be still before God, how to settle our souls. And and that was the first episode in kind of this part one of season two that we're going to really talk about, be still. So we're going to unpack that a little bit further. But Kelly, holy cow, what a... Uh, what an experience teaching us how to settle. Yeah, I was just sitting in the room. I remember that, sitting over in the corner listening, and everything in me just slowed down. I love it. I love that we were able to practice that together and invite other people into that. Yes, I thought it was fantastic. And hey, anytime I want, I get to listen to your voice in my car, and that's fantastic. That's enough, you two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I took it as more of a tiresome thing, but I was going to say, you know, Josh call, saw call it was about call to take me. a left turn. We'll, I got you. We'll I not go you. down that road. That's fine here. Thanks, Josh. That's my job. That's right. So last episode, we unpacked this at like what I would call the micro level. How do we be still in our SQL language? How do we be still moment to moment? It's not just a way to fight anxiety, but really as a way to be present and connect to God when we're hurried, when we spend time with Him. We think it's like you said, Jessica, first things first. Mm-hmm. And I have found myself re-engaging with the pause app. Uh, I've listened to your bonus episode, Kelly, a couple of times as you've got us through settling. And I just have started to realize, man, this is a key, critical, important thing in our lives, not just when we spend time with God, but just as we kind of go throughout our day. So we tackled that from like a moment to moment, what I would call like micro level. Mm -hmm. Today, what we want to talk about really is like expand the view just a little bit. How do we slow down beyond the moment to moment, but really day to day? Because if we're being really honest as a collective group of people, four people here, for those of you listening, we really do envision you pulling out the fifth chair, but I would say just all Americans. Why is it so dang hard to slow down, and what in the world can we do about it? Am I the only one with this tension? 
man, I think most of the people I interact with at work or in life, I think it is a big tension for many people. Tim, I don't know if everybody knows it's a tension. I think sometimes people just go on thinking this is the normal experience of life. Mm -hmm. Like if I ask you three the question and, and listeners out there, who do you know right now that is running their life at a manageable, sustainable pace? Right, like someone you're like, they are doing this well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's really a thing for me personally. I mean, first and foremost, my wiring pushes me uh, to that pedal to the metal that I've learned to work against, lots of counseling and therapy. But I, honestly, man, I, I think people just are on autopilot most of the time. And this is, it's like when you're driving on a road and everybody's speeding and you speed with them. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I feel that culture is at right now. And I know better. Yeah. I know what I know about slowing down and the yeah. benefits for it. And I'm still fighting to slow down. Mm -hmm. There's always more to be done. There's always more yeses to be said. There's always more things that our kids can get involved in. It, Oof. Yeah, it yeah. can spiral out of control. Well, as it turns out, this is a huge problem culturally. And for those listening, no kidding, <laughs> right? That's what they're saying, right? For sure. But there's a lady named Jennifer Moss. She works for Harvard Business Review. And uh, she's an award-winning writer, international speaker. She's got all the, you know, the accolades. But she recently wrote this book called The Burnout Epidemic. The Burnout Epidemic, The Rise of Chronic Stress and How We Fix It. And, you know, as I'm kind of preparing for this conversation, and we all do research and bring it to the table so that, you know, we feel like we've got a pretty good sense of what's going on culturally and spiritually and so forth. I watched this video, and she just kind of outlines that corporate America is going about fixing burnout the wrong way. Like, uh, you guys all watched the video, right? Mm -hmm. So she was talking yeah. about, like, you know, we'll give them a gym membership, and we'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll help them with mindfulness, or we'll give them an extra day off. And she's like... On-site yoga. Yeah. My, my favorite <laughs> is happy hour at 4 o'clock on Friday, <laughs> exactly. when you're supposed to leave at 5. Like, <laughs> right? We'll give you a little bit of alcohol to numb you so that you can avoid your thoughts before you go home and have to work the weekend. Mm -hmm. Totally. And what she said in this video, and we'll link to it, so if you're listening, we'll send you the, the link to the video in the show notes, and we'll just send you a link to the um, the book as well. But what she said in this video was, she said, corporate America is managing the symptoms. They're not getting to the root cause. But see, Tim, even a minute ago when you brought this up, you went from not living a slow, balanced life to burnout. Exactly. And so here's the reason I bring this whole thing up, because one of the stats she had in her, uh, she did a bunch of survey work. She said 85% of the workforce has said their well-being has declined since covid 85. For those of you out there, that would be eight what? and a half out of 10. Eight, just, five. just so everybody knows, like <laughs> now, eight and a half out of 10. Let me just say this. Like, if anything in our life had an 85% hit right? rate, we would say, like, that's fact, that's truth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. More or less. Like, like, that's a true statement. Yeah. Okay. 85% of people around this table, right, has COVID negatively or positively impacted us on a day to day. Don't answer that, but let me just think, mm -hmm. let me just say this. Like, you're always on demand. Zoom is a way of life. Our phone, and, and the phone was like a part of us before, but now it's really a part of us. If you look at like the amount of time people were on their phones since the beginning of 2020. So in, in my coaching practice, here's what one of my clients said to me in the middle of COVID. They said, I do not work well when I'm working from home because it doesn't feel like I'm working from home. It feels like I'm living at work. Exactly. Basically, in a nutshell, what happened is organizations, companies simply just moved their offices into people's homes, which is where you get, Bill, what you said That's about exactly one of your right. clients. I feel like I live 
that work. Yeah. Work just actually moved into your house and you gave it an office, your spare bedroom, and you were always available. Living rent-free in your home. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Well, so here is the cultural phenomenon I just want to point to in this, right? So she wrote this book. Where did the book come out of? Like, what was the angst? It came out of the cultural phenomenon called The Great Resignation. Hmm. So for those of you listening, if you don't know what The Great Resignation is, Google it. But essentially what's happening is there is a dramatic amount of people. It's like four or five million people in our country that have basically said, I'm not doing it this way in corporate America, and they're resigning, and they're not coming back to the workforce. And in my other job, I help people with their finances and so forth. A lot of my clients have asked, like, why won't anybody go back to work? And the reason they're asking this is they're saying, hey, what's wrong with the economy? And how come the, you know, the grocery store or the restaurant I like to go to, they don't have enough help? And we all experience this day to day. And the truth is nobody has an answer for this question, statistically speaking, like because everybody's resigning or doing their own thing or doing the gig job or whatever they're doing for different reasons. But I think personally, I think it's all coming back to one thing that you cannot measure economically or statistically. I think what people are saying is, I'm going to go find the good life on my own and I'm getting off this hamster wheel. And it's a pretty large segment of the population, like four or five million people. There's 300 and something million people in our country. That's a lot of people. And so the reason I bring this up is that thing is happening. You know what else is happening? Quiet quitting. That's a new one for me, like hearing about that. Right. So that's yeah. people who are saying, I can't resign. I'd like to. Yeah. I need my health care and my paycheck yeah, right? and whatever else. I'm not going to get in a van and travel across the country which I would love to do that, but that's a different conversation. And a van down by the river. So what they're doing is saying, I'm going to give the bare minimum investment at work because I'm fighting the system. And there's a lot of people doing that. And you're starting to hear this terminology as well. Well, and couple that with corporations and entire industries seeing people resign in great numbers, they're putting, air quoting here, putting up with, they're enduring the quiet quitting. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a... pretty vicious cycle there, but neither of those things are good. One from an economic right. standpoint, but we're, we're trying to get to like quality of life good. Right. And I'm not bringing this up as a, as an economic commentary. Here's what I'm saying. That would be a boring this. podcast. They would, yes. <laughs> nobody wants to listen Would to not that. subscribe. Right. <laughs> fair. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe. No, that's fair. The reason I'm bringing this up is this. We're having spiritual conversations around this table about how to live the life Jesus offers, okay? And our lives as Christians, generally speaking, don't look any different from a scheduling perspective, from a pace perspective than the world. But guess what the world is saying? Enough is enough. And it's not everybody. I'm not trying to make some blanket statement, but you have millions of people saying, I'm getting off this roller coaster. I'm going to retire early. I'm going to go get in a van and travel the country. I'm in a gig job. I'm going to do it on my own. Or I can't do that. So guess what I'm just going to do? I'm going to quietly quit. And what they're they're saying culturally is something that every single one of us, if if we really think about it, we feel this in our soul. It's like, it's too fast. We're too connected. We're too stimulated. And the consequences are... Massive. Tim, as you say that, you know, for the listeners out there and even for me, like I hear intellectually what you're saying. Too connected, too on call, 
what do you think people are feeling out there? Because I, I, I'm convinced people don't always know what they're feeling, that they go through life, there's this undercurrent of emotion that they're dealing with, they haven't processed it. That's why they do the things they do on the weekends and live for the weekend and numb out. You know, as people are sitting there and going, I have a little bit of that in me, what, what are some of the feelings you think uh, are popping up? What do you feel? For me, I feel, I, I've done a little work in the past on this. Don't ask me what I feel. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> I know it's an F word. Bro, don't, but... don't use that word with me. <laughs> really you the right. on the spot. My, my brain's like, you see what I did there? I see what you did, you little ninja. Yeah, I think when I feel that way, I want to escape. Right? I want to turn my phone off. I want to turn my computer off. I want to go for a run. I want to go for, I want to go watch a TV show. I want to watch sports. Like, I want to do the disconnect thing. Now, on my good days... I learned to slow and settle and I did do this last night. Uh, had a long day, a lot of things going on at home. And my tendency when everybody went to bed was to get some cheesecake, which I did, mm-hmm. and then put on a TV show. And Jesus was like, you need to journal. Yeah. Josh, what do you do when you're feeling like, I can't keep up, this is too much? Yeah, I guess I do a, a bit of like a self-inventory. You know, and I think culturally, it's very easy to put the blame on work, the workforce, a little bit of what we were just talking about. It may be rightfully so. At the same time, I think it's because we haven't put work or what we call work or producing in its proper place. We've just, it's permeated our entire lives. We can talk about obviously being on call all the time and all that stuff. But for me, I feel like that, that is very much in check. And so it's typically all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. So three kids, sports, social stuff. Uh, feeling like it's very easy to say yes to a lot of things. So for me, I've got to be like, wait, why do I feel this way? You know, so kind of interrogate it. Why do I feel like I'm moving really fast or Mm -hmm. things are frantic or I'm not fully present right now? And then inventory and be like, wait, what did I say yes to? Yeah. You know, like what, what have I agreed to either be at or do or participate in or on behalf of somebody else that requires, you know, my time and my energy? I love that you're inventorying because I think I need to do that before because lately I've been sitting, I, yeah, is it sitting in my own mess like this? This web that is my fault. Oh, and the tangled webs we yeah, weave. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> the web I weave. But I'm sitting in the discomfort of it or the the pain or the overwhelm of it. And I'm like, Kelly, you knew better. Mm-hmm. Like you, you did this to you yourself. Can, you can do you know better than yeah. this. You can do better next time. So what do I need to do next time? I'm so, so a trying lot of, a lot I'm, of people don't get there. No, you know? and I'm trying to learn from those sure. mistakes where I'm like, I That's do good. not like how this feels. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of you, and I would prefer not to share mine. So wow. I'm just going to say this. <laughs> unspoken. No, we'll, we'll, unspoken. We'll get to mine. <laughs> Let me tie these things together, right? So corporate America, culture, not Christian culture, culture is saying enough is enough, resignation, quiet quitting. And what we're talking about is what we're feeling in the midst of this cultural moment. Listen to this quote from John Ortberg. He says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. Have you ever thought, wow, life is busy. I wish I could just get away for a few days to take a deep breath. Press pause on life for just a minute to gain some perspective and clarity from God. I get it. Life can be hard. Sometimes we get a little worn down and tired, 
and need a break to refresh our souls. Not a vacation or a weekend to binge on our favorite TV series, but a few days to be with God and let Him breathe fresh life into us again. If that's you, we want to invite you to an experience we call Getaway. Getaway is a three-day experience that will give you rest for your soul as you engage deeply with God. At Getaway, our team will help you slow down and guide you through key spiritual practices that we talk about on this podcast, like how to settle, how to listen to God, and what it looks like to develop spiritual rhythm that's sustainable for the long run. So if you're tired and worn out, if you want to learn what it looks like to take a real rest, then join us at Getaway. For more information, visit seekwell.org slash Getaway. You know, the interesting thing about that quote, Justin Thomas used it in his episode last season. So friend listening, go back and check that out. It was really, really good. But as I've talked to Justin since then, and I've checked in, how's your life going? And he's he is really intentionally practicing slowing and, and being still before God. Not perfectly, but he's doing a great job. I've come to really believe this. Like our problem with moving at a fast pace, most time doesn't have to do with our job. Now, sometimes it does, right? If you're in a high intense pressure world, sometimes they're going to demand a lot of you. But for the most of us, we make our own problems. Like if we're being honest, most of us work 40 to 50 hours a week, most of us, and it's generally not that unreasonable. But then when we pile all the other things on top of it, it becomes a huge problem. And uh, culture is just pulling us from every different direction. And I just think back to his story, and we asked him, if you remember, Josh, you were there with me, what changed? He's like, everything and nothing. Yeah, he didn't have this radical overhaul of like change of career and change of all these things. Is Those things stayed, but they were right-sized, mm. audited, That's right. and really just kind of put in their proper place. And what he has done with his job, just to get really specific with that, is he has just started saying no to all the extras. He's just like, I'm not going to that event. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this thing. And Bill, that's something you and I have really taken to heart uh, for the last four or five years is the number of things we are actively saying no to. We have to do it out of like necessity because otherwise we're going to die. And I think it's really important that you guys speak into it. You both have two jobs. So you have yeah, two t- jobs. I don't have two jobs. You have two <laughs> your jobs. Your mom has two jobs. <laughs> but yeah, you guys share some of your recent experience with this. Yeah, I, I think they're, like you said, Tim, this whole idea of putting things in their proper place, right? Work is important. It is. It is not the most important. And so I think that realization of a few years ago for me of building a personal business and wanting to grow that. And, it, you know, I say wanting to grow it. How many people out there try to grow something and they have no idea what they're trying to grow it too, right. or where they're coming. It's just, oh, I need to grow it. Just growth. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it just growth, you know? So I'm shooting for this arbitrary goal somewhere of growth to where I'll feel okay about myself on the inside mm-hmm. going, oh, none of this actually makes that happen. And so when I started saying no to people and saying no to clients and saying no to different industries and just going, I want to keep this here, it feels good now, 
but saying no in the moment. Oh man. Like there's not. And then you lay there awake. And then, I mean, in some of our instances, we're talking about work, right? There's a financial decision that goes into that. Mm -hmm. It's not just a, will this person be mad at me or will they not refer me or blah, blah, blah. It's okay. Looking at the bottom line of my budget, I just said no to that person, which equals no to that dollar amount. So it was difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm fine now, most days. Yeah, and I'm not trying to like contradict the book and the research that we kind of cited earlier. I do think that that is a problem in corporate America, and Mm -hmm. I feel it personally, having one foot still in corporate America. But what I am saying is at the same time, while that's a problem, the reason it's a problem is because as employees, as workers, as business owners, we're not taking agency over our lives to say no. Mm -hmm. And we can. And listen, in today's economy... If you think, no, I can't, guess what? There's another job waiting for you. There are millions and millions of jobs available, right? We actually can say no if we you know, have the guts to do it. And the, the act of no, here's the thing I learned about myself is take corporate America out of it, take work out of it. When I say no, there's something inside of me that I'm saying no to. Mm. And so when I'm saying no to taking on something or, or doing more or being busy or being more available, there's a part of my heart I'm saying no to in order to say yes to something better. And that's the, the deeper thing that I've, I've been wrestling with. Mm-hmm. And I think it even goes far deeper. You know, I'm reminded of like the three main lies that Henry Nouwen mm. talks about mm. and the implications of those, exactly what you said, Bill, if I say no to this, that's a good decision, but I'm saying no to like this dollar amount or what it could get me because Henry Nouwen wrote and said like, the three main lies are, I am what I have, I am what I do, and I am what people think about me. Everything in our external world right now is informing our internal world. Yeah. And if we talk about right-sizing your job and work, well, that's what I do. But it's also like what people say about me, you mm-hmm. know? And it provides what I have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like the- Very interconnected. It's, it's much deeper. Yeah. 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 And I think there's also this other thing too, like, you know, again, getting to those deeper things. Like, we all want to be approved of. Of course. We all want to be- We want to belong. We want to belong. We want to be successful. We all want to have influence. We yep. all want the comforts that, you know- that these things provide. But the, the problem, though, is in today's culture is different really today than in Jesus' culture, this idea of like moving this incredibly fast-paced life. It, it just is. I mean, Jesus didn't have a chat bot or whatever. The GTP. Chat there, thank you. Okay. You can tell what I'm up on. Or an iPhone or things like that, right? This is a real problem. If we don't get a hold of this, we have virtually no chance of living out the number one and number two commands that Jesus says. He says, the guy asked Jesus, what's the greatest command? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love others as yourself. The reason why this practice of slowing that we talk about, not being in a hurry, not being distracted, being present is such a big deal is because if we're not present, and it's really difficult to be present in a hurry and distracted, Mm -hmm. if you're not present, how are you going to be connected to God, and how are you going to love your neighbor as yourself? Okay, hold on, Tim, because I, I think this is really important that people get the picture of what you're saying there. What do you mean by being present? That is a great question. So let me think about the best way to explain this maybe in, in a picture. Let's just say you're having coffee with somebody. Let's say, Bill, you and I are having coffee, right? Good, right. good coffee, Ethiopian, kind of a little We're single origin. Definitely going to be at Dessert Oasis. Okay, thank you. Or okay, yeah, Sabbath doesn't and, have it inside. I like that. And we're probably gonna yeah, or Sabbath coffee. Yeah, we'll sit right. outside. Okay, sorry, One sorry. Two. Back to the episode. Josh, you're invited. 
Always. You can come for tea. You don't I, drink coffee. I am sitting right here. <laughs> you. Hey, I had a cup of tea with you and Josh. She, that was, okay. Ago. That's that was lovely. Listeners Thank just, you know, bring it across bring from it the back. table. Oh two and a half foot away. This is amazing. We're all having coffee. Okay. And the person listening, five of us having coffee, right? And we all have our phones face up with notifications on. Mm-hmm. That sounds horrible. Did you just walk into the local high school? <laughs> like what happened? Exactly. Oh, right? sorry. And we're trying to have a conversation about anything important in this world. So let's just say, Bill, I ask you, like, how is your family doing? Zzz. Really? That's that's nice. Ding, ding. Karma's having zzz. <laughs> yeah, tell me about your zzz. <laughs> right? Do you think I can possibly answer that text message, the notification, check mm-hmm. email, yep. scroll social media, and really be present to whatever you're telling me, let alone empathize with you and be in the moment to say, hey, I'm sorry, that's whatever. Or yeah, how can I help, right? There's a thought that comes to me through a psychologist I worked with one time, and he said, partial attention equals partial worth. And as you're describing that situation, I'm like, man... If I'm receiving partial attention from somebody, I can feel it and I do not feel loved, cared for, empathized with. So when we say fully present, what you mean is putting yourself in a position in relationship with somebody else to be fully aware and engaged with them. That's exactly right. And it is the number one reason why we confiscate participants' cell phones when they come to one of our experiences. The cell phone box of shame. <laughs> it's no, we don't. No shame and no condemnation. I mean, no, no, no shame. No shame. Once, once saw a guy but we in do. the woods trying to whittle like a cell phone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Josh and Kelly. Someone same brings thing, a right? burner phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a burner. Oh, that's yes. fine. That was just a decoy phone. Yes. My real phone Here is. You go. The, the men and women that come to our experiences, what do they tell us at the end of their experience about their cell phone and putting it in the box? They don't want it back. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yep. Uh, I, like, I don't want to turn it on. I had people leave Haven and like drive and then they like come back and they're like, like oh, I forgot, I forgot my phone in the phone box. I'm like, right. yes, because it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Now let's connect all of these topics, right? Because mm-hmm. the cell phone is just one example of how fast we're moving. But you asked about the distracted and the present. If we are distracted and present, take the cell phone for example, how in the world are we going to hear the voice of God moment to moment, day to day, be present with him because we've long defined that the only way to experience life to the full is to have an intimate, close connection with God. If we're distracted in a hurry, how in the world can you be intimate and connected with God if you can't even be intimate and connected to your best friend? Wow, that you're looking in the eye. Exactly. And so if we don't practice slowing intentionally, putting practices in our lives where we say no and we say, I'm not moving that fast, really, we have no chance in the world we exist in of being present with God. What's that skimming that yeah. John Ortberg quote talks about? You know, and Tim, I heard, you know, we're using cell phone as an illustration, but just to be clear with the audience, we're going five elevator levels down from a cell phone. That's just the widget of the day that we're talking about. You're talking about a heart posture of slow and ready to engage with people in a loving way. That's exactly right. I mean, I would ask, you know, us around the table, but those listening, like, when's the last time you've sat with somebody and felt like they were fully present, they're slow to speak, 
They listen to you. Their hearts attuned to you. Their body language is to you. Like, when's the last time you've been in that kind of safe and secure environment? And you know what? I think we just should just sit on that as a as the five of us here at this table. Say that one more time. Ask that question one more time. Bill. When's the last time you have felt that somebody around you is fully attuned, fully present, fully engaged with you, fully aware? empathizing with you, their hearts open to you, body language is open to you, and there's no distraction. that question, Bill. And here's the thing that I think about is a second question that I ask myself is, if the answer is not recently, yeah. and I think it's sad to say that many of us could say that. Like we haven't had a real conversation with somebody we love, need to eye to eye, no cell phones. And we're talking about real things. I think those conversations are getting fewer and far between, unfortunately. I think we have to ask a second question, which is, well, what is the fruit that is coming from the pace of our life, right? So the tension with this practice is the world is not going to stop demanding that we go fast. It's not. It's, and I hate to say this, but it's only going faster. Yeah. And there won't be a shortage of options. No. Things to do, being distracted by. Right. It was. It, there's no shortage. Of it that. was TikTok two years ago, and it's going to be something else. And you know, the, like now it's the what did you say? The Chat Eight G- <laughs> GPS. G- thank you. Nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So anybody under the age of 21 is doing their research yeah, papers right now. That's this, right. So you're good. Oh gosh. But there's never going to stop being the thing yeah. to keep us busy and distracted. But we have to ask the question that Jesus asks, which is, He says, "You shall know them by their fruit," and He's speaking to his disciples and to Christians and saying, you'll know them by the fruit and the fruit of our lives should be love. And so the question I would ask is, what is the fruit coming from our pace of life? I would even just take that one, I would split that question and go, on the days that I feel I am running, anxious, too available, you know, packed my schedule too tight, what is the fruit of that? My wife and kids are frustrated. I feel internally off. I feel like I'm not able to meet everybody's needs. Like there's this constant more, more, more versus the days when I have that rhythm down. I feel calm. People want to be around me. I have margin. I go for a walk. You know, there's a difference in the fruit of those days. I think a lot of us felt that very tangibly like during the pandemic. So not sure where you're listening from, but we're in the Midwest and Michigan was one of the hardest hit when it came to like things had to stop and restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like, it was very disheartening for my kids and us to not be able to do the sport or the thing. So really there was uh, some version of work because we're all figuring that out. And then there was home life. And then there was some little bit of connection, like through texting and remember we, do you remember like doing Zooms Mm -hmm. to like play games Mm -hmm. and stuff? Yeah. So weird. But here's the thing. It reoriented all of us to really like some of the most important things. And then over time, things went back to normal and all of these things not crept back in. They just stepped right back into our lives. So we're saying there's all these good things, 
we've maybe just said yes to too many good things, some bad, Mm -hmm. the distractions and stuff. But we're talking like, yeah, do you want your kids to play sports? Of course, that'd be great. Or do certain things like that. We just said yes to all those things that came flooding back. And Mm -hmm. I think if we ended the podcast right here, like Bill has said. It'd be awesome. It'd be like an upbeat, positive podcast. It'd be the saddest episode ever. There is no hope. (laughs) Unsubscribe. So let's let's just turn the you know, pay just a little bit and just to say, hey, obviously we're identifying a big tension and we all feel this, but we are telling you from experience, we are not perfect at this and we are still, you know, making our way through this, but it is possible to move at a slower pace. It absolutely is. And we talked about this on the last season when we unpacked the practice of slowing some of our best practices. You can go back and check that out. And there's plenty of books on it. We've we've referenced those, The Ruthless Elimination or Hurry being one of them. But it is possible. The issue is, in the hope, is it takes you doing something different. It just does. We have to reorient our lives around the way of Jesus. I think there's a great quote in Comer's book. It says, if we want the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, which is like, oof, Right? But here's the thing, like, and I know we don't want to be told what to do, but I'll just say it as plainly as I can. Following Jesus costs us something. And this is really like low-level sacrifice, if, mm-hmm. if we're being honest, yeah. right? If in our pursuit and apprenticeship of Jesus, there is no sacrifice, it's not costing us anything, we really got to step back and be like, am I really following him, right? If my life doesn't look any different than anybody else's. So I think the way that we can really kind of like check in on this pace is just by asking ourselves some questions. Like, here's the first thing I'd say, like, look at the pain points in your life and evaluate, like, is this because of the pace I live at? And then maybe start designing your days on purpose would be the second thing. Start designing your days on purpose. Like, start with a blank sheet of paper. I think, Bill, one of the things you say, like, put the big rocks in first, right? Mm -hmm. And then fill everything else up around it. I love big rocks. You do love big rocks, right. <laughs> and, and then I think the other thing is like intentionally engage in this practice. And we have designed the daily rhythm to help you with this. I know you've heard about it by now on, on this podcast. It's at thedailyrhythm.org. You can check it out. Click the link, uh, the box, slowing. And it's a one-week practice on how to help you slow down, how to actually do this, engage in it day in and day out for a week. And then from that week, figure out the things that you want to grab hold of. Like you might say, gosh, I really like driving in the car with no music. That really helps me slow down or driving the speed limit. And the other, you know, some of the others, you might be like, you know, I'm just not going to take a walk around the block. But we're going to help you in this rhythm really put into practice this practice of slowing. It's really going to help you. So we hope you check that out. Yeah, and Tim, of those things you listed, I think there's a core underlying component there that you said before and, and we've discussed. No one can make you do something you don't want to do. And so we make choices. You know, there's that famous line that you love so much, Tim, is when people say, I don't have time for this. Uh, how does that make you feel? <laughs> That's a 10 out of 10 issue for you. But the truth is we have time for what we choose to have time with. And so as you're talking about this idea of taking control over your schedule and taking control over the moments, and, and even that taking control over the condition of your heart in the flow of your day, just remember out there, you have the ability to say yes or no, and maybe it, maybe you need to say no once a day mm-hmm. in order to have that room in your heart. So Bob Goff, I quit something every Thursday. 
like that. Right. Yes. Implement that right. practice. I would like to quit life. something every yes, day. I think that'd right? be amazing. In like three weeks, I'd have just nothing. Thursdays. Yeah, just Thursdays. Kelly, in this part of the show, we're going to do three things we love in just a minute, but in this part, just give us a little bit of a picture on your best days when you are moving slow and you're able to be present to the people around you, to me, to our kids, to the people you're pouring into. What is your connection to God like, and what is your connection to other people? And then what do you feel like as a human being? Yeah, well, I would be first and foremost meeting with God. So that would be the overflow of what's happening in my life and situation and perspective. But through that, I think the people that I would engage with and in our you know, in our family and with our kids as well, they would get the best version of me. They're not going to get the wrung out, tired, anxious, worried person, but they would be getting the best version of me. And the third question was, and how do you feel as a human being? Yeah, I think a lot of peace that that settles over me and that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm being who I'm supposed to be being. Probably a little more free, Yeah, a little more light. Yeah. Kelly, as you say that, one of the things that just hit me in, in my brain is who am I giving my best self to? Am I giving it to some suit in an office somewhere who doesn't know me or my kids? Or am I giving it to my wife and my kids? And that the people that we love the most will get our crispy edges. Yeah, the leftovers. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, it's yeah. backwards. I, All right, I'm done. See you guys. <laughs> well, maybe the way to sum this up is just a reminder. Jesus said, love the Lord of God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What are the common words in that? Love. Love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our ability to slow, to be present, to eliminate hurry, eliminate distraction produces fruit. And that fruit is love. All right, friends. It's time for one of our favorite parts of the podcast and yours too. Three Things We Love is our chance to spread a little joy in your life by telling you about three things we've recently discovered, absolutely love, and think you will too. We're not trying to promote anything, just saying, hey, we love this and we think that you will too. All right, this is my first time. You get to host. You're crushing it. You're crushing it. What an intro. I'm so excited to hear what you guys love. And actually, I think I want to start with Josh. I'm honored. I know. I'm honored. And that's a big deal because that means she loves you, even though you sometimes pick on her, Josh. I said I wouldn't do it this season. He hasn't. I really have. No, you haven't. I feel really unseen. Do you know the one that's picked on (laughs) Kelly the most this season? Who? Tim. What? Yes. You were like, hey, Josh, don't do that anymore. Because I want to. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say, I have hopped on the back of certain comments. <laughs> You're, you laughed. I really like just shining the light on Tim yes. and letting him take the brunt of You've this. You laughed. Yes. Well, it will be my turn at some point, just so you know. All right, Josh. All what right. What do you got for us today? In the spirit of coffee, you cannot make tea in it. Amen. Um, oh, no. It's called the AeroPress Go. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So if you're a coffee snob like me or Bill or Tim or not Kelly, (laughs) you've gone through all the different contraptions for making coffee. There's literally like dozens of ways to make coffee. 
This way is really cool. It's a standard AeroPress, but it's made to fit inside of its own container. Kelly's looking at me very confused. Oh gosh, I didn't you have bring a third it. Third eye. I'm yeah, trying I, I, to I, picture what she's it. saying. She's yeah. like, wait a second. We do not have this coffee contraption in our house, but yeah. Tim has all of the other ones. All the other oh. coffee. So maybe inside, I'm saying, oh no. Yeah. yeah, it's great for camping. I've actually used it at a couple of our experiences mm. with our guys like outside mm-hmm. get a fire or something going and I was like I'm going to make a cup of coffee out here but I often use it in the morning so sometimes it's pour over this thing's really easy it's kind of hard to mess up it's not so if you're a pour over coffee person you know there's yeah. some technique involved this is hot water weigh your grounds let it steep kind of like a french press push it down you got coffee have you had this I like I've tried the aeropress I can't get it right Really? Oh. Yeah, I'm just not smart enough for okay. it. I'm sorry. So here's here's the thing. Have you heard of the Arrow B, the Frisbee? Yeah, I can't throw that no. either. All right, so this is it's the same old guy inventor invented this. So the Arrow B Frisbee is like that ring. Yeah. You've probably seen that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's called an Arrow B. Fun fact about that, that is the farthest distance a man-made object has traveled is the Arrow B Frisbee. That's How far? impressive. So, is some it's like six or seven football field. It's some crazy Holy distance. Cow. Bills the thirteen hundred and thirty three feet, four hundred and six meters. Is that almost a mile? Oh or no? Wow, way way off. Meters, meters, four hundred and six meters, thirteen hundred and thirty three oh, okay. feet. Oh, Guinness okay. World Record. Gotcha. Yeah. Side so, anyways, question, Bill, what did you do before you had? The Google right at your fingertips, <laughs> like mm-hmm. dictionaries. What, what do you en- mean Google? Encyclopedias. I'm, that was just a whole other, that was <laughs> What is he going to do with Chatbot? Chat GPT. Gosh, I got Chat GPS. All right, Josh, and you find this AeroPress Go really anywhere? Amazon, online, your favorite vendor of choice. You know, it makes a great gift if you got a coffee lover in your life, which we all do. Yeah, I know one of those. And if you don't. Evaluate your life. You need that friend. Shelton, what do you got for us today? Oh, man. All right. I'll try to be quick with this. I have had a back problem for the better part of uh, 40 days now. Something like that. that. Oh, my lower back is, it's not fun. So, um, but I have had back problems on and off for quite a long time. Normally, I can fix them. This one is, it's a little, being a little pesky. Anyway, all that, our oldest daughter knows this. And she probably just doesn't like when I'm in a, a little bit of a testy mood because my back's hurting. Christy Bill, you just... don't know anything about this. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's right. So she got me this thing called the Chirp Wheel, and it's a back stretcher. It's called the Chirp Wheel, and it's this like plastic wheel, really nice design. It's got padding on it, and what you do is you like crack your own back. And I know for some of you listening, you're like, "Oh, that's gross." It helps for me. I, you know that. I love it. So it's like a foam roller, but it's I've seen it. It's much bigger. Yeah, it's bigger like, diameter. Uh, so you're higher off the ground. Let's say it's and, 18 inches high, 12 okay. to 18 inches high. You're off the ground yeah. a little bit, and it's got this like groove for your spine to go in, and you literally roll. I'm glad they thought of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, so it keeps <laughs> you your it keeps it on your spine, yeah. and then honestly, it's been fantastic. I have a chiropractor; he's cool with it, and. Um, Chiropractor so, I approved. Actually, I think that they have like different products and sizes that are part of that they as do. well. Yep. Oh, that's so really cool. my daughter got. The, and so it's the, something that brings you joy. 
I don't like being he, in pain. Yes, yeah, so I was so, going to say, I think he loves what the wheel offers him. The three of us and, and Adam, we went for our oh, yeah. Council of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> other episode. We're not but supposed to talk about that. We don't talk about it's that. That's right. but, and, I, and I brought it with us. That's what that was. Club. That's what that was. <laughs> you did came you with share your it? Whole, you came with your whole therapy did kit. I, I did, actually. Oh, yeah, I shared it. Everybody. I used it. Oh, good. I did use it. It was cool. All right, Bill, you're up. That's the trip I got made fun of for bringing my supplements on, which is basically vitamin C. So oh. it's called old. Uh, I'm up. Do you have a pill case? I do not have a pill okay. case. <laughs> I am not. Wow. Just to be clear. Is this what hosting now has become? Oh my yes. I'm so sorry. I love it. Oh, how the turntables turn. Oh my goodness. No, with, you're not with a great power case. Comes Kelly, <laughs> yet. Responsibility. But when I do get a not pill case, yet. it will be on my It's going to be one of your favorite, <laughs> favorite things. All yeah. right. So mine is in the this idea of slowing. Mine is a app for my phone called One Sec, S-E-C. It is developed to make me wait to access things on my phone, which I don't know what you all think about waiting 10 seconds when you click the Safari button, but it makes me want to kick my dog. Wait a second. This could be fun for everybody. Does yeah. this, Let's watch him use his phone. Not dogs. Does this feel like it's buffering? So what it does is it's uh, you, you have to run some automation on your phone, but it's an app you download. And there's so many different features to it. But one of the things it does is you add it to different apps on your phone. And when you click that app, it makes you wait 10 seconds, says take a breath. Hmm. And then at the end, it says, do you still want to access this app? And then it says, what emotion would you like to log right now? What? And then after five minutes, an alert comes up and says, do you want to follow your intentions and scroll or would you like to close this app? So you can, like I have it set it up Whoa. on four different apps right now. Mm. And it is incredibly frustrating <laughs> when I want to access the internet or I want to do something mindless and tune out because things aren't busy enough for me. And my phone tells me to turn it off. Have you seen it actually help you? Oh, absolutely. Because I have the free version. So some of the features you're talking about are in the paid version. I have the free version mm -hmm. that does the prompt and everything. Yeah. And I put it on my news feed app, like my Apple news mm -hmm. app. There's nothing bad in there, but it can be an endless scroll. Sure. It's of, the scroll. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the scroll of doom. And I realized that. And pretty quickly, I was like, oh, I don't, I'm just not going to go there anymore. And so yeah. it became like a non thing. So are you seeing mm -hmm. that like first, not the frustration of like, oh, this really stinks, but like, oh, I'm breaking that yeah. cycle. And, and what it is for me is that I had to then dig into why do I feel like I need to go to these The emotion things. thing is mm -hmm. interesting because it doesn't yeah. ask me that. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. That's the great. Motivation. Can I tell you, can I tell you the funniest inside. thing? Can I tell that's you the funniest scrolling. thing? Like one's like bored, can't sleep, anxious, okay. frustrated. And then there's just a toilet emoji. Because <laughs> 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 where do people oh. endlessly scroll yeah. on their phone? Nice. So I thought that was really funny along the way. So that it's been it's been helpful for me. There's a few different features on it that are paid features that are, are really helpful, but the cost on it for a year is fifteen bucks. Yeah. So it's not like it's a you oh, know we're talking like it's a one dollar right? a month. Yeah. I mean, we, we, it's what it is. We talked about it at the last experience uh, last weekend that we had with with the ten guys and our friend Adam Mashney told us about this. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, yeah, Adam. Adam. Plug to you, buddy. Thanks, Adam. And. Uh, Honestly, I have not downloaded it yet. I take that back. I have downloaded it. I have not installed it. Mm. Bill's on it now. Would you Stop like me to do your shortcut automations <laughs> for you, you right now? For? And I am like, 
That's exactly yeah. right. I'm waiting for something. <laughs> you know what's so interesting is I'm like, I'll put a passcode on something, right? Where I'm like, no time limit. Yeah, but and you, I can mindlessly that's you know exactly the, the my, one thing this code. does though. It's crazy. Uh, there's another function on it that's called brick your phone and it gives you time. And if you click the button, it's a you cannot redo it. Mm-hmm. So if you say I want to brick my phone for 15 minutes, until that 15 minutes is up, you can do nothing. And also the other shortcut I love is in the morning, you can set it to when you wake up, your, your Apple Watch or your health thing will tell you when you wake up. I have right now a 30 minute buffer that I can't access these apps within 30 minutes. That's awesome. And you can't turn it off. Yeah. It's so good. So yeah, it's Isn't a great it? app. One sec, uh, O-N-E space S-E-C, available in the app store for free. All right. We've got Bill with the one sec app. Tim, you've got the chirp wheel for your back. And Josh, you've got your AeroPress Go. Mm-hmm. We hope that you guys will check out some of our favorite things. And Tim, what do you got for us? What's next is what I've got for you. So next episode is an unbelievable interview with our new friend, Jeffrey Neal, who is an attorney and has lived a fast-paced life. And he is currently trying to figure out how to slow his life down in a really fast-paced world. And it's a great interview. You're going to want to check it out. And then the other thing I'd just say is, just as a reminder, check out the Daily Rhythm. Again, we think it's super helpful as you practice slowing. And one last thing, if you haven't come to one of our experiences, check out Getaway. If you really want to learn how to slow down, how to be still before God, we will teach you over a 48-hour experience. We would love to have you. We've got spots available. Check it out. Go to sequel.org slash getaway. We will see you soon. Free and Light is a podcast of Sequel Ministries. We believe that life to the full comes out of an intimate connection with Jesus. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at sequel.org slash donate.